Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Yippee-ki-yay. Well, and all that. And Larry Korea. I'm tired of these mother snakes on this plane. Today's episode, Profanity. Welcome, everybody, to the Writer Dojo. Glad to have you back with us. Today, Larry, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, so producer Jack um, is very good at editing out the biz for Steve and I swear. And Steve and I both swear a lot in real life. And so the fact that we can go, you know, 40, 45 minute episodes without dropping any F-bombs is pretty good for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we, we got to hang our hat on something here and there, right? But. But. <laughs> uh, so. Today is not that day. Today, today is not that day. So, so the other day. Producer Jack sends us a little clip in between, in between uh, episodes or in between, you know, during the commercial breaks or whatever. Uh, we kind of end up chatting about, you know, kind of brainstorming sometimes what we want to talk about for the rest of the episode or just shooting the bull or whatever. And, well, and this one was me. Was this one was me talking about my week? And and this was, if you remember back a few weeks ago, there was the whole bull crap about. Uh, him being uh, disinvited because Larry, you're so problematic. Yeah, and so I kind of went off, and I was telling Steve about it, and uh, I was pretty raw. And so Jack recorded all that, well, yes. but he sent he sent us a clip of it with like what with the it, beeps with 150 beeps in it <laughs> as I was describing the people that were trying to get me kicked out of stuff. Funny, funny, interesting thing during all the beeps. It was, it was strange. I, uh, I, I toggled, you know, I, I kind of wrote them all down in Morse code. Oddly enough, it was still swear words. Weird. <laughs> There's levels. But today's episode, we want to talk about using profanity in your fiction. Right. And because there's actually some stuff to this. And anybody who's read my fiction knows that I swear a lot. I use a lot of profanity in Monster Hunter. I use a lot of profanity in... Uh, in Hard Magic. In Hard Magic, especially with one particular character. <laughs> Toru. So we're going to... Uh, now actually, it's Mahdi. Oh, that's right, Marty. Sorry. Yeah, and so uh, so we're going to go through and we're going to talk about using profanity in fiction because there are some traps that you fall into. Um, and now, now, far be it for me to to uh, I guess defend George Martin, okay? But I did. I remember back back when you know book four came out like three decades ago that. People were complaining about how George Martin used swearing in his fantasy fiction. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, I don't understand why you care. Um, it, it, he decided to use it because it got his point across. If, a, if an author decides to use profanity within their fiction, that's their prerogative. Okay. You and I, um, we've grown up around cows and cops and military. Yeah. All of which swear a lot. The cows especially. Actually, it's ironic. Having done all those uh, and work with all those a lot, the cows by far has the most profanity involved. And, and we both, like, I, you know, grew up in California. Uh, you know, we, there's, no matter what, what you read in fiction, it's never as colorful as what you hear on the playground at school. Yeah, no. Dairy cows, man, they are the worst, but like 12-year-old boys are even uh, even Dude, even they're way cruder. worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fiction, swearing happens a lot. And I think that there are uh, reasons why you can and should use it, perhaps. But there are also reasons why 
maybe you want to dial it back. And so, first of all, let's talk about let's talk about swearing in general. Okay. There are there are basically three schools of profanity. And and everything kind of like fits into this or is a sub pretty much. Yeah. I mean, pretty much fits within this. There's some pretty creative ones outside of this oh, too, but they're sure. pretty rare. I mean, if you can mix and match. Oh yeah. Know, whatever. Oh, okay. I will. All right. So first, blasphemies, right? If you look across history, uh, any religious blasphemy almost becomes instantaneous profanity, right? Well, I mean, well, I mean, was the word profanity profane? Yep. Right, which means it's basically anti-holy, anti-religious, right? Mm-hmm. So, blasphemies, we see them all the time. I mean, the the whole idea in England, right? The idea of the you know bloody, well. They're, they're, they're referencing religion. They're referencing Christ. Really? I thought that was... Uh... Or... Oh, <laughs> see, I don't know. I'm, I'm, or... I'm learning stuff. It can also be uh, referred to one of the other schools of blasphemy, or of, uh, of profanity, which is sex-related. Yeah. Right? Or bodily function-related, right? Yeah. So, okay, so you've got, you've got your religious connotations, you've got your sex connotations, and then that leaves the only other one and that's scatological connotations. You know, yeah, and, exactly. And the and the and the thousand different euphemisms. Mm-hmm. So poor Jack, he's going to be doing a lot of beach oh, here. Man. I'm going to get going here in a second. All right. <laughs> if you're going to include swearing in your story, Larry, why would you? Okay. First off, to me, and this is funny because uh, it's just a tool in the toolbox. It's 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 my my art is created with words and I'm not going to limit myself to what words I can use. And every now and then I'll get a review where somebody is like, oh, I like this book, but I could really do without the potty words. Well, I don't give a f-. All right. And so here's the thing. If I'm writing, say, Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. can you imagine writing Monster Hunter, a group of paramilitary commando capitalist professional monster killers who did not use bad words? How would that, would that, would that feel right? Or would that feel like It'd feel like Because there's no way that monster hunters who kill all day long with giant machine guns, they're murdering all day long and getting paid lots of money to risk their lives and their best friends die horribly in front of them. And it's blood and guts and snot and bits of everything everywhere. And you think these people are going to go through that and they're not going to swear? Oh, no, they're going to swear. Mm-hmm. They're going to swear a lot. And like I said, we work with cops. We work with military. Uh, and so I, I actually kind of went back to dairy farmer level swearing there and I had toned it down quite a bit for some, another thing I'll get to here in a second. Yes. Well, why you should tone it down. Exactly. Notice all the beeps there when I was, and I, I, was, I turned that up on purpose, right? Right. It got a little hard to understand for people watching because it's just like profanity, 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 unnecessary. And I, guys, I'm doing this on purpose, okay, to yes. illustrate a point. Now, I want you to imagine that, take a transcript of what I just said about writing Monster Hunter and using a lot of extra profanity, right? If you looked at that transcript, you'd be like, bad word, okay, 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 bad word, bad word. Now, the way the human brain processes written information is not the way you process audible information. When your brain processes audible information, you get the words in your ear, your brain says, okay, boom, done. And then you're still listening as more information is fed into your ear. When you do written uh, and you're reading communication, 
your brain is reading one line, right? Right. However, your brain is also looking ahead and you are seeing the next line subconsciously before you read it. And your brain is still processing the previous line that you already read once. Right. So basically what happens is if you drop a F-bomb in your written text, your brain sees it before you get to it. That's one. You read the line. That's two. You're still thinking about it. That's three. So swearing in written form has three times the power. Well, and, and, and think about this too. If, if you're reading some form of text and it's just swear, word, swear, word, swear, 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 you, you're seeing it three times, right? As, as you just talked about, Larry, but now you're seeing it here and here and there and yeah. there. And so it compounds. It's almost an exponential thing. So yeah. there was a book I read once a long time ago and it was, uh, actually I'll name it. It was, it was one of the, it was Rogue Warrior by Dick Marcinko. Or oh. ghost written by somebody on behalf yeah, of Dick. I was going to say, I haven't, read, I haven't read that one. Uh, Navy SEAL. Yeah. Uh, Navy SEAL dude. Um, colorful character. I, I met him once at SHOT Show. He was really drunk at the time, but mm. colorful character. Um, and the thing is, though, so whoever ghost wrote this book um, actually tried to write like they talk. Oh, well, that's a problem. Here's the problem. When you write like people talk, so take the transcript of like how I was talking there. And this doesn't just apply to swearing, by the way. No, no, it doesn't. What happened though is if, so you had, you know, in one paragraph, your brain has now read that. And that wasn't 10 swear words. That's 30 swear words. Yeah. Now do that for every single line of dialogue in the book. And so what happens is as the reader, you're reading this and I know what they're going for. It's like, oh, we're Navy SEALs. We're so gritty. We're gritty. Yeah. Yep. Well, so what happens is you're reading it and as the reader, you're like, oh my gosh. There's- you guys didn't see. I just, as, as we both like jinxed each other with gritty, I gave him gun fingers. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we do like our gritty stuff. <laughs> but so, okay guys, so when you think about entertainment swearing, you want to save it. This is yeah. tools in your toolbox, but it's like cooking a dish. Uh, if your only seasoning is salt <laughs> and, and, and your dish is going to be too salty if you just or, threw lots of salt. You know, you, you know me, I, I do love, I do love my, my super, super ridiculously hot shit, right? I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love Steve it. loves hot stuff. But there comes a point where even I can recognize where I'm like, guys, this is just hot for the sake of being hot. Yeah. This is gritty. For the sake of being gritty, what is its yep. point here? This is profane for the sake of being profane. Like, okay, like uh, I think Quentin Tarantino, and I've said this on the show before, Quentin Tarantino is overrated. Completely overrated. Uh, he's a very overrated director. Um, Plus that he's a said, uh, <laughs> no, especially if you live here, here in Utah where uh, we have Park City, uh, there, there's been some incidents involving uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino with the locals that well, are pretty screw hilarious. This guy. It's like, uh, okay, this guy does a movie. And has the audacity to say, to be like, all cops are terrible and bad. But hey, cops, can you come volunteer your time for free to be like, basically be my, my security? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So, so when I say Tarantino though, okay, think about there's some Tarantino scenes where the goal is like, I want to be, how shockingly profane can I be in this one scene to show you how edgy I am? Yep. And here's the thing that's funny once and then it's cringy. After yeah. that. Yep. It's kind of like the old joke about male nudity in a movie. <laughs> male nudity in a movie once is funny. Male nudity twice in a movie is torture. 
Yeah. It just, that's just how it is. It's like, you could have a good, like show up on screen naked once and you're like, ah, oh, it's funny. It's like, you know, whatever. And then after that, it's too much. So, so, so overabundance of profanity actually is, uh, going to have that same effect. It becomes tortuous. It's, it's annoying. You know, I, I, I think, I think you and I, with the people that we've been around, whether through schools, through farms, through militaries, through cops, we've been around so much of the swearing that, you know, of, of this type of talk and language, so to speak, that we kind of, when we audibly hear it, we kind of don't care. It yeah. just, it's you, just another word. Like, it's like the word's only as important as the power that you give it, so to speak. Yeah, right? exactly. But when you read it, and I know I'm this way, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you are, I want, I want to know. When I read it, if it's, and, and I'll bring this around to a, a specific reference to you here in a sec. When I read it, if all it is, is swear, 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 profane, 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 blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. Because, and I think this relates back to, to how often you're processing it from a mental state and from a psychological state, I get tired out by it. Yeah, exactly. I am the same way. Do you remember the episode where we talked about plot and pacing? Yeah. And I use the analogy of the sine wave. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you had your plot is at the same level and the same intensity continually, even if it's like ramped all the way to 100 the whole time, then 100 has now become your normal. There, I mean, you've turned the knob all the way to 10. There's no up and down anymore. There's yeah. no interest and you just tune it out. Like the Michael about, Bay explosions, Michael right? Bay movies. Have you ever watched a Michael Bay movie and you got bored of explosions because explosion, 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 explosion. Eventually, even explosions are boring. Yep. So you got to take it up, take it down. Profanity is the same way. So when I use profanity in a book, um, usually what I'll do is um, when I get done with a book, and assuming it's a book that has profanity because some of my books don't, I will always do a control F search at the end. I'm dead serious. There's a joke in there. I, I know. F. Well, it actually should be controlling my f***. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, at the end of the book, I go control F and I'll put in and I'll see how many times. Use the word 87 times. Okay, that's pretty excessive. Let's well, see where I use it. Because again, again, guys, it's not 87 really. No, it's actually that that's, times you know, three That's, that's 251. So what happens is then I go and I'll put in control F, control F. Control F or control F, whatever, right. you know, uh, and I'll go through and, and I will see how often did I use that word and why was it appropriate? Did it actually make, is it seasoning or is it just too much extra salt? Yeah. And though, okay. So like, um, when I did hard magic, I did that. And at the end I discovered that I had used the F word like 80 something times. And I want to say like 75 of them were from one character. Right. Madi. And that actually was character. If you know the character character appropriate because that guy was a right okay and um however it was too much it was too galling and so i edited it down i think i went from like he used it like 80 times down to like seven times but by only having it seven times all of a sudden it was like had that little more potency and a little more meaning it wasn't just wastefully thrown out there It, it actually was a little more of a tool in my toolbox as opposed to just spam yeah yeah you know, I, I when I think about this, I also think about things like, um, what what what's the what's the the rule that we always talk about, like using exclamation points. Yeah. You know how how we say, 
don't you shouldn't really have that many exclamation points in your fiction. No, there's some authors who really even like don't use exclamation points at all. Nah, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with that. But to me, that's like saying don't use profanity at all. It's the same thing. Any of these like hard and fast rules. It, nah. It's a tool, right? Uh, think about the movie, The Thing. Okay. We both love that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, love the, that movie. You know, uh, Spiderhead. Okay. That scene. Yeah. Dude's, oh dude's head gosh. like pops off his body. Falls to the ground, sprouts legs, and starts. Woo! Almost forty years old. That scene still holds up. And what you notice is the character, uh, and, and and I and I think I got this right. He basically looks at it, and he, they see it go, and, and they just go, "It's either holy or it's you've got to me." It's one of those two. I can't remember which one it is, right? But you, as the viewer, instantly think the exact same thing Yep. because it's natural and it feels appropriate to that specific situation. But leading up to that point and following that point, honestly, in the thing, there really isn't that much swearing in that movie, Larry. It's interesting. I don't remember that. It's such a great movie and I don't remember. Because it's not important. Yeah. You know, what's important is the danger that they're in and the relatability of it. Yeah. So you, you relate to the swearing, you relate to the vi- you relate to the fear, the dread, the shock going back to horror terms. But you also relate to them when they when they use that so to speak punctuation. Yeah. That flavor, that that tiny spice, you relate to it because most people in that exact same situation, if they didn't faint, they'd probably swear. Yep. Right? All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about all this. We'll be right back. Do you want to become new friends with an old book? Sunflower Sales prides itself on its wide-ranging selection of books, from fiction to practical, whimsical to philosophical, as well as excellent customer service and fast shipping. Browse our selection today and sail on the seas of knowledge. Go to ebay.com slash str slash sunflower dash sales today. Don't worry, I'll put a link in the show notes. Sunflower sales, S-A-I-L-S on eBay. Check them out. Welcome back. All right. In the interim, uh, it was just one long string of swearing and, and Jack had to beep all of it out. So it was just one. It was just one long, like emergency broadcast beep. Beep. <laughs> all right. So, all right, Larry. In in a lot of fiction, I mean, you write a lot of contemporary stuff. I write a lot of contemporary stuff. In that, in those situations, the swearing is more or less shocker contemporary. Now, what if you kind of look back over the history of of our world? you'll find that a lot of this swearing goes way, 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 way back. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. In general, all these words have existed. It's a proud human tradition. All these words have existed for, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or of years. Or some variant, which is actually really interesting because if you look at like Shakespeare, it was super profane. Yes. Uh, the Bible actually uh, is way more profane than people. Like People are like, oh, I, I'm religious. I don't ever swear. It's like, huh, the Apostle Paul sure did. Yeah. <laughs> and they just don't know it. Or, um, or if you look at things like, Old, like fiction 
that was written right around, say, the 20s, 30s, 40s was heavily censored in terms of swearing. Again, I, I remember, I've talked about this a lot, but the, the novel, The Maltese Falcon, because of the time in which it was written, um, there's almost zero swearing in it because of the, the way these things were censored. In yeah, the days. codes. The code, right? But that's all well and good, okay? But a lot of our readers, Larry, uh, and a lot of our listeners, they write fantasy and they read fantasy, mm-hmm. like secondary world fantasy, not our freaking world, right? Yeah. They don't, in those situations, what are our options? You got two. And like we said, you already mentioned George Martin, who will just swear. It does, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, he, There's, that's, that's his story a. is basically European. Yeah. Okay. Which and is if, where most of our stuff comes from anyway. And if he wants to swear, he can swear. Yeah. I don't care. Now, the option B, however, is you make up your own thing. You make up your own profanity. This has two perks. Yeah. One is it makes the book more sellable to a younger audience and to parents of that younger audience. A much bigger, broader audience. Yep. And the second part of that is that you don't run into the um, the, the deluge issue we were talking about. And well, actually, I guess there's three because then it's a great tool for world building. Yeah. So the example we're potentially. Use, potentially, if you do it right, because we have some examples where it's bad. But the big one everybody thinks of is Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Frack. 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 It's my favorite. Yeah, frack. Okay, actually, that frack and this, frack and that, and it actually works. And look, producer Jack doesn't have to go through and edit out every time I say frack. Fracking no. this, fracking that, frack is fine. Well, and it was a and it was a great way within the confines of that series to insinuate exactly it. It was the same thing. It's the same word. Okay, it's literally the same word. Yeah. But, but by putting it by by just switching it just a little bit. One, they got around every TV censor, period. They could say that word as often as they wanted. They could say every other word if they wanted, and oftentimes they did. But the audience knew exactly what it meant. Yeah. And, and it was so, I don't know, I, it, it was like it was marketed, so to speak, so perfectly mm-hmm. that it's actually become common vernacular in our world now. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, I actually use that word all the time. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's funny because I actually use uh, friggin'. I use friggin' a lot, too. Yeah. I, I actually, I just like friggin'. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a cool word to write. F-R-I-G-G-I-N. No G at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that one. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I see people who are like, I don't swear. I'm not profane like you. And then they'll use frack. And it's like, come on, dude, we all know it's what- It's the same thing. Yeah. We all know what Starbucks was going for here, dude. But the thing is- um, the other example we're going to use was talking about Son of the Black Sword. Yeah. So when I originally wrote Son of the Black Sword, I actually had a pretty copious amount of profanity, like regular profanity. Of, of contemporary, of our of our. Um, it was swearing. the school of- um, The usuals. Yeah, the usuals, which is funny because everybody just heard beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was the standard swearing. However, when uh, Steve read this as one of my alpha readers, he pointed out that first thing I said about when you have a fantasy world, uh, and if you are less uh, profane, you're more likely to sell it to parents for younger readers, which yes. is a bigger audience. Yep. And Steve's like, I don't think it really, you don't gain anything by doing that in this world. And and I, and I, for me, I remember reading it, and, and that was my main takeaway. It wasn't, Larry, how dare you swear? Oh, no, because, yeah, you should hear that, us. That wasn't it. That wasn't the point. It was, this is new. 
this is a new series for you. You look, everybody's read Monster Hunter, everybody's read Hard Magic. They know these series, they they know they know the kind of language you use. If a person is reading these these books, like they have that you know, uh they they've been made that promise and that promise has been kept. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's but a certain level set. But with something new and at the time uh this was your first foray into into epic fantasy in a way there's a bigger there's a, a much different audience for this yeah and it's actually proved to be a very large audience it yeah. and the Venn diagram doesn't overlap completely with my regular audience no and so. that's and that's super important yeah it's been very good but you mentioned you mentioned in the first half of the episode Larry where the idea being you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible with this. Right. With what's authentic to that. Correct. Now, your real world swearing in that, my, my again, as, as, as we said, the point was, what are you gaining by doing this and what are you losing by doing this? Exactly. It's like when we talk about censorship versus self-editing. Yes. It's self-editing. Now, and so I decided to go the second route, the frack route, the yes. Battlestar Galactica route, where in this case... I had uh, a unique world. It's thousand years after any world we would recognize. Uh, and so at that point, I was like, you know what? Going back to what you said earlier about the scatological religious or um, sex. sex. And so actually what I did is I actually decided to go that. And so, well, the scatological stuff is just something that's considered gross and icky and stinky and you don't want to mess with it, right? Yeah, it's, it's some variation bodily of functions. Well, in this case, and also the religious thing... I set it up, the ocean is hell, right? Because yeah. demons live in the ocean. The ocean is bad. It's unclean. Every decent person wants to stay away from the ocean. So what I did is I took everything that was ocean related and I made that profanity. Yes. And it works brilliantly. It's yeah. awesome. It works. So so fish are, are because, and also poor people eat fish. The only people who eat fish are the castless. So there's also like this cast system snobbery yep. about fish eaters. Yep. So fish eater became a derogatory term. Yes. And our fish breath yep. uh, was like hugely insulting. Now, you're getting a duel to the death over that. Um, and salt water. Salt water, they use salt water the way we would use damn and hell. Oh, okay. You know, basically yeah. it's like salt water. It's like, it's an exclamation. And because, because salt water is icky, it's bad, it's evil, it's where evil comes from. The, the biggest thing I think, Larry, and, and correct me if you, if you disagree or you have another take on this, but when you're doing made up in world swearing, um, like you did for this or, or like another guy we know, Dan Wells, like he did in his partial series, a lot of it, it has to feel natural. It has to feel, yeah. it has to feel like, like, like how I would, ca like how you or I would casually say, well, well, damn, you know, uh, or, or, or like, you know, whatever. It has to feel that natural within the headspace of that world. Absolutely. That's key. If it feels tacked on, yeah. it's going to feel fake and stupid. I think a great example is Firefly. Okay. Because what they did to get around the censors there is they swore in Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And depending on the actor, the Chinese was either really terrible uh -huh. or actually pretty decent. And the stuff they said is actually pretty funny. Yeah. But a lot of those guys couldn't speak Chinese to save their life. But they're throwing in these Chinese profanity bits or just like nasty swearing things, it works so perfect because they set up a world where basically like there was American or English and Chinese were the two primary languages. So having a bunch of people, I mean, Steve, you could swear in Spanish super fluently. I, I do. To this day. Yeah. Yes. You know. Um, well, and, and 
so I was talking with my dad about this the other day. We were we were driving down to Vegas for a for a shoot that my son was doing for archery, and and we were talking about um, we we were actually we were having this like conversation about swearing for some reason. I don't remember, even remember why, but I brought up how in whenever you watch a show that is in Spanish, especially if it's if it's Spanish from Mexico, so say like Traffic or anything of that nature. Narcos. Narcos, right? Pinche was every third word. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, <laughs> gosh, in Mexico, yeah, I mean, that is a swear word, but it it's so, it's so blasé, it doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it's like, damn. Every, I, it, it might not even be that level. Yeah, it's like, so common. It's almost dang. Yeah. You know, but culturally, and this is important for swearing as well, culturally speaking, Different cultures swear more than other cultures. Certain people swear more than other people. In Mexico, basically every other word that everyone speaks down there is some derivative of a swear word. Okay? That's just the way it is. And when you watch something like, say, Narcos or Traffic or or, or any of these shows, even if it's it's just something that by the rating standards like PG or PG-13, um... You listen, if you understand Spanish and you're listening to them, you're going, oh yeah, so that dude just said like, that dude just swore like 17 times in like five words. I'm not sure how that happened. The difference between the subtitles. And the, the subtitles. The English subtitles and, and what's on, if you understand, is hilarious. And, but I think what it is though, dude, I think what it is, I think it comes back to your psychological imprinting that we were talking about earlier. If they were to see that come up on the screen over and over and over and over again, yeah, um, it makes it actually worse. And look, reading subtitles, subtitles is already kind of distracting for a lot of people. Yeah. So if you're reading a distracting subtitle and then you're distracted further by swear, 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 it completely pulls you out of the story. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a trick, a psychological manipulation that we as the, as the artists have to engage in. And there's some people like, well, I need to be authentic. Okay, Quentin Tarantino. Well, what does yeah. authentic mean? What does that yeah. mean? It doesn't mean anything. Okay, because here's the thing. If we were to make a realistic movie about Portuguese dairy farmers. Oh, dude, there'd be no real words. <laughs> dude, I think I, I've, I've done like eight to 10 hours at a time, like milk and cows, where I think every other word in my mouth was you cow, you cow, you cow, you, I'm going to make you a hamburger, you I'm going to my truck to get my shotgun, you piece And that was like, <laughs> you know, and that's like just 30 seconds of milking. And that's after I got kicked in the hands yeah. uh, with covered hooves and hit in the face with covered tails. So yes, if you want to know who, who swears more than anybody else, and like I said, I've been all around. I, Farmers. You hear, oh, someone swears like a sailor. I've oh, known, no, no, I've, no, 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 no. No, no, I've known a lot of sailors. No, no. Do you no. swear like a dairy farmer? Do you swear like a dairy farmer? Yeah. And 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 people just do not understand. We milked in a 1940s flat barn. So only other dairy farmers know what that means. Regular I don't people know what that have means. yeah, regular that means that not only were you doing all this, you weren't doing it in comfort separated from the cows. You were doing it in between the cows. Oh. Where they're smashing you with their giant <laughs> covered <laughs> And of course, everything is wet. And slippery somehow, and covered in snot. In a, in a in a drought, somehow everything's still gross and sticky and wet. Yeah, and cows just blow <laughs> snot everywhere, yeah. and you're wearing rubber boots. Guess how much traction you have on a cement floor, wet cement floor, covered in snot and <laughs> in wearing rubber boots. I got 
multiple concussions as a kid. <laughs> was it one of your broken noses from falling in one of those? Uh, no, actually, no. I did get hooked in the face by a cow once. Yeah. As one of my well, of my many broken noses. One was I got hooked in the face. I actually um, I dislocated my arm once. Got hooked by a cow, and then the two fattest in the world will always get next to each other and you're supposed to squeeze be- we had these things called crowders you would open the crowder oh, Larry, Larry I'm sorry I'm sorry oh. to interrupt you there but <laughs> and you um, squeeze given between the, given the, uh, the the roll doll state of censorship um, you're not allowed to use the word fat anymore okay these corpulescent Yes, that's that's more appropriate. Thank you. Okay, but see, so guys yes dairy farmers swear a lot so people are all like well Larry's profane you think you have no idea no i i swear a lot um now now i really do self-editing okay <laughs> self-editing i don't i don't do that at church there's a go that's my perfect okay. example of self-editing um for me okay when i'm writing i'm i'm looking at i look at swearing as a tool okay? absolutely um if it's you a read, hammer if you read my it, it's it's a it's a very big hammer it's a it could be a scalpel or a blunt instrument now, when I use it, um, I it, those of you who've read my fiction, uh, y- when you read it, you realize uh, I barely ever, ever swear in my fiction. And I write some horrific Yeah. But I barely ever swear. This has less to do with me being, I don't know, offended or whatever. Like I've already said, I'm not, I'm not really that offended by people swearing around me. I just kind of... I almost don't even hear it anymore. No, I mean we hang out. Well, I mean I I went to high school in California, guys. Like, no, oh, come yeah. on. I mean I, I was a, I was a you know I worked for a DOD contractor for a decade. We were some of the least profane people there. Oh, we had we had the <laughs> we had the, the the helicopter search and rescue pilot that swore oh, the other word. Search and rescue pilot was great. Yeah, no, like if we had to write Dan, old our old Vietnam era, it would be very eloquent swearing. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy was precision. Yeah, he was. He was a thing of beauty. And the thing is, I've written characters like that. I had yeah. Sam Haven. Yeah. Uh, there are some people. Like once again, this comes back to a character specific thing. If you were writing a certain type of character, you're going to use profanity as a certain type of tool. If we were writing Dan, the eloquent, really cool old Vietnam era helicopter pilot, cool. That's the main thing. Dan could put words together in an artistic, beautiful way. Yes. And it was always, uh, everything he said was always on point and poignant. Yeah. Love that guy. But for me, okay, at my stage in my career, um, and, and also this can, this can be determined by age group that you're writing for as well. Oh, okay? this yes, This is guys. super important. Yes, okay? we're is, not talking about middle grade here. This is super important, okay? Adults, basically anything goes, okay? Whatever you want to do. No one cares, all right? But- just like the darker your fiction is, the more you can potentially limit your audience. The more swearing in your in your novel, potentially you can be limiting your audience. Yeah, okay? like going, going back to that rogue warrior thing. Yeah, you know how much I can swear and how much I come up around swearing. I found it galling. Well, and I found it the same way when I was reading Jarhead, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, same sort of thing. What's the thing is, if you're talking about a bunch of a bunch of you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old Marines, that's probably perfectly realistic of how they talk. But once again, it's the psychology of how it reads. And then, uh, you know, there's something like like residue. Okay, now that's a YA novel. Yeah, I don't think you swore much at all in there. Do I you? don't know that I did at all, actually. Uh, and part of that is because what is my audience? 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm considering who I'm writing for. If I cast that net wider, I can potentially garner more and more readers. Yeah. Right. And again, back to what you said earlier, I'm not just marketing to the teenager. I'm marketing to their parents. To the moms who buy the books. Yes. Yeah. Although the vast majority of my readers for Residue are actually adults. Well, so I have people who are like, parents who are like, is Monster Hunter appropriate for my kid? Depends on your kid. Depends on your kid. Yeah. Because honestly, Monster Hunter, like the first Monster Hunter has like maybe five F-bombs in it. There's not that much swearing. No, there's really. Well, like, as far as like, okay, look, there's, different, good. Ca- there's different categories of swearing, right? Parley like, boo this. Yeah. Like that was your, a great line. Your dams in your hells. Okay. And your. Yeah. Like those, those are fairly basic. Yeah. Right. Um, bastard. I've, I've used that pretty oh, frequently. Geez, is that a bad word? <sighs> Again, co- contextual. We'll have to see if, if uh, here's the expression. Bastard. Did, Did Jack beep it? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Stay tuned and we'll find out. Um, you know, and then, you know, like <laughs> things like that. But then when you start, when you start getting into, um, you know, like, like the scene in the wire where every other word was. Oh, exception. Exactly. That was such a good scene. You, you see these things and, and there are different categories, right? Now, depending on, uh, again, all of our, you know, is this book appropriate for my teenage son or daughter? Well, one, I guarantee you they're hearing worse at school. Yeah. Is that okay? I don't think so. Um, I'd, I'd prefer that my kids not be verbally assaulted all the time. Yeah, but unless they're going to Hogwarts, that ain't happening. I'm not even sure that really happens there. <laughs> um, but is it okay to intentionally expose a kid to swearing. I don't know. I'm not your, I'm not the, I'm not your, I'm not your one. Well, I'm not your parent's kid or I'm not your kid's parent. I'm definitely not your parent's kid. Um, well, I hope not. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't know. Okay. Every person is different and everyone's going to process swearing different. Some people are super, uh, can be super offended by it or are very sensitive to that thing. Well, this episode's going to offend some people. Oh, of course it will. I guarantee it will. But on the flip side, Something, if, it, if it's minor stuff, that tends not to offend quite as many people, right? But the same rules apply. If, if is every other word, then it, at a certain point, you get tired of seeing that word in, in it print. It comes off also is kind of cringy and try hard. Like, have you ever oh, seen- Oh, every, every freaking grim, dark uh, TV show out there. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, I love, I love- um, the shows by Flanagan. We're talking about Haunting at Hill House, Bly Manor. Um, oh yeah, I haven't watched those. Uh, I heard really Midnight yeah. Mass, which is unbelievably good. And then he came out with another show that is way less good. It's called The Midnight Club, and it's kind of supposed to be almost like I feel like it's supposed to cater to the same like Stranger Things audience. But every time characters get on screen they it's like they force themselves into swearing and it does not feel natural yeah and it feels like they're only doing it to be edgy yeah there's just there's something about tryhardism like yeah. like it comes off as cringe these dudes might as well have dyed their hair black and give it a swoopy like yeah spider-man 3 haircut oh gosh yeah okay yeah because there's just a point where like it just if you feel like you're trying too hard people hate that yep all right. And like, so like I said, I, I, a couple times in this episode turned up the profanity On to purpose, stupid yeah. levels to prove a point. 
Except for when I was talking about cows. That was all no, 100% legit. accurate. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they've, they're, they're, cows are all evil. Not, that's why we should eat them. I'm not sure that you swore enough. They deserve to be eaten. They're yeah. delicious and evil. Mm. But the thing is- Definitely delicious. It's, it's like if you try too hard, it comes off as trying too hard. It's like when you go and you have a group of friends or you have like a party and there's that one guy who's trying too hard to be liked- yeah. You know? Yep. Or, or or there's that guy who's trying too hard to be tough. Yeah. You know? Or there's that guy who's trying too hard to be funny. That's the most common, yeah, right? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what it is they're going for, there's that vibe that where somebody crosses that line where it's now unnatural. They've entered the uncanny valley of human interaction mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, dude, just chill. Just yeah. chill. And profanity in books is honestly like that. Sometimes you're just like, dude, just chill. Yeah. You know, do the control F at the end and, 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 and subtract 30%. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like dial it back 20% squirrely Dan, you know? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. Right. And so honestly, I think that's a big part of it. And, and that way, that way, when you do use it, like parley of this, it's actually funny and it's cool and it, it hits. So right. in in the second Matrix movie, um, which most people will agree is not that great. No, two and then three is just horrid. There's there's a lot of problems with it. And I didn't watch four. There's the scene where Keanu Reeves, Neo, um, you know, he ends up, it's like a train station. There's a train platform and he gets down there and he kind of looks left, he looks right, and then he runs off the screen and then he comes in from the other screen almost like Looney Tunes, right? And he comes in and he stops in the middle and he looks around and he goes, like, in the context, you're like, okay, that, yep, that's pretty funny. Good job. Yeah. All right. I, I get you. You know, like, good job. Contextually appropriate. Contextually. Again, it's it's a single exclamation point mm-hmm. on a situation. There's nothing else. It's all contextual. Not, not in, no one else can, can, can do, like, the scene from The Wire, right? No. That no one can ever do that again. McNulty and Bunk peak performance of there's no way yeah that was like one of the best things ever and in in that the can the context of the situation as you're watching it because it's it's not even just about the word it's about it's amazing it's it's their their character acting for those of you that haven't seen the wire i i bet you could find this clip on the internet yeah uh but it's usually referred to, uh, probably look on youtube but then again you might get other horrible things if you looked for this but oh probably probably just type in the wire and and then you know what the scene is. Yeah. You'll probably be. You'll probably get it. Hopefully, exception is usually what I heard it referred yeah. to. But it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's just two dudes going over a basically crime a crime scene. Yeah, and the only word they use is the f word, right? But they use it as as in every way a magical. noun, an adjective, an adverb, like everything. It's amazing. It's so good. Now, okay, so we talk about using it for spice. I want to say some of my favorite ones from my own books. Okay. Uh, and if I overused profanity, then these would lose their power. Mm-hmm. But like, there's this one bit in Monster Hunter Siege where Owen is training and he comes ac- and he's running in Alaska and he comes across a moose and the line, and he's just like talking about the moose is just sitting there so defiant, but the line is, F- you, I'm a moose. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's like, cause the moose ain't going to move. Yeah. It's a, it's a moose, but being able to say, F- you, I'm a moose is hilarious. There's another scene in Nemesis where they're asking Franks what the plan is. Right. And it's just. It's just it's like they're gone in. They're fighting the bad guys. Big, big, big vinyl con. Well, I think it was is kill and everything. Yeah, you know, and that's it. And it's but 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 that that little extra spice 
is so much crueler than just kill everything. Yeah. But if if you'd been using all the swearing all the time throughout the whole book, then that line wouldn't have been, there's it wouldn't no, have stood out. There's no flavor. No. There's no flavor. Instead, fuck you, I'm a moose, all gets si- quoted all what, the time. What do they say? All sizzle, no, uh, no, uh, uh, no steak. No steak. All hat, all hat no cattle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, you gotta, it, it's, it's a powerful tool when used correctly, if you choose to use it, because it's not a tool for everybody. Right. And, and look, a lot of this is going to depend on you. Again, the self-editing. Yeah. I mean, if I'm writing for Deseret Books or Christian Fiction. Dude, there's not going to be any swearing. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not going to be using lines like, F- you, I'm a moose. Right. <laughs> Odds right. are, I would assume. Probably or if I'm writing not. for middle grade. If you're writing for middle grade. That'd be a great title, though, for middle grade, for like a, like a little cartoon. F- you, I'm a moose. It's just a big cartoon moose on the cover. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd read that. <laughs> in, in middle grade, depend, again, depending on your audience, like- you really have to be aware of what you're saying in those books. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Middle grade, there are rules. Okay. You don't swear. You well, just specifically don't. grounded in marketing. Yep. Well, honestly, one of the reasons they don't they don't have the swearing is because because the real the real target isn't middle grade kids. It's, it's actually moms. it's moms. It's moms and dads who are buying that book for their kids. Yeah. It's uh, it's teachers who are stocking that book. For their school's library, uh, well, I think that, used, that, that used to be the case for school libraries. Now well, I think school now, libraries now, now are dumpster <laughs> now fires. Now I think school libraries are like, dude, they're dumpster fires. I, I don't think I don't think Jack could like edit sufficiently for me to describe some of the stuff I've seen. <laughs> no freaking way! Oh man, I saw some of the books that uh, that my son brought home, and I'm like, you've got to be me with this. No way. There's no way you're reading this crap. Yeah, get out, get it out of here. I don't even want this in my house. Yeah, yeah. Not enough monsters killing people. Get out of here. Yeah. Get it back to something healthy. <laughs> All right. Okay. So in summary, guys, profanity, like everything else we talk to, talk about, is a tool. It has to be used in the correct context for you. Um, if you're using it unnaturally, if you're forcing it in, just like anything else, if you're forcing... Uh, you know, random expositional dumps of, of words or whatever into your fiction, that's bad. Same with swearing. If you're forcing all this extra unnatural swearing into your books, it's going to, it's going to hurt you. It's going to be to the detriment of your story. It cannot detract from your story. If it's not adding to your story, then there's no point to it. But again, just like anything else, you're going to have to figure out what works for you. If it works for you, awesome. If it doesn't, and don't put it in. Don't worry about it. Like this isn't, neither of us are telling you like you have to use X number of swear words. We're not like the, 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 the rating standards board where they're like, they're like, well, it's a PG 13 movie. So you're only allowed, you're only allowed the F word once or twice now, I guess. I can't remember there was a, there was a movie. I was a John Travolta movie and he hung a lampshade on that where they talk about, cause I think it was, uh, I think it was get shorty. And he was oh, talking about, yeah, and they're like, and they're sitting in the car, he's like, yeah, you know, in a PG-13 movie, you're only allowed to use f- once. And that's like, if. And that's the, that's the one time for the yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was something like oh, that. Oh, more Leonard. I know. It was great. I miss him. All right, guys. We hope you found this uh, educational and entertaining. Um, the assumption is that you could uh, hear us through all the swearing. We're not sure. We'll see. And 
Our biggest thanks of this episode goes to producer Jack for being long-suffering and beeping us all out. So with all that, we'll see you on the next one. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Nibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you screen your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writer dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. This program, this program, this you know, program. is brought to you by the beef industry. Eat more <laughs> beef. <laughs>